Pack your bags, because we're moving out. The church has left the building. Don't go there Sunday, because no one's going to be there, and you're just going to look silly. So where are we going? We're going into the community, because that's where Jesus went, and that's where people are, and that's where we need to be, because people need us, especially right now. So that's what we're doing. Uh, We're on a podcast with a friend today. So yeah, let's do it. Welcome, friends, to New Plan Life, where we've decided to hit the restart button on our lives and pursue what is life-giving instead. We'll be studying scripture daily, talking about current events with guests, and so much more. Thanks for listening. God bless. Okay, guys, thank you for joining another episode of New Plan Life. We're talking about church in the community today. Not not church in the church, but church in the community. And I'm with my friend Patrick today. You want to uh, say hey, Patrick, and why this topic is important to you? Hey, what's going on, everybody? Yeah. Uh, like you said, my name is Pat Samuels. And uh, right now I run Millennial God Podcast, but in my free time, I'm also working on a company called uh, ReChurch. And uh, we do ex- exactly that. We try to get the church out into the community. Yeah. So what do you think, let's define, before we jump straight into this, let's define church. What does church mean? Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, I think, <laughs> yeah, I think we have to define church based on how the Bible defines church, uh, which isn't necessarily the American definition of church if we look at it. Uh, yes. It's probably not like a, you know, super popular pastor uh, <laughs> with like thousands of people in a, in a stadium. Uh, it's probably anywhere that two people are gathered in the name of Christ. Um, and so, yeah, whenever we, we think about, you know, what the church is doing uh, or what the church is, you know, I think we got to look at anywhere two people are gathered in Christ's name, that is that is the church. And so if, right. you know, if there's two Christians out in a neighborhood sharing the gospel, you know, that is the church. It's not necessarily just a, a building on Sunday. A building, right? It's not yeah. some bricks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, where do you go to church? And then someone points to like some bricks. It's like, ah, yeah. it's not really what I meant. But um, so yeah, um, I thought of this scripture in Romans sixteen five. Paul is writing his final, you know, closing letter to the Church of Rome, and he says this. Ready? Greet also the church that is in Priscilla and Aquila's house. I'm pretty sure he's not talking about a church building inside of someone's house. (laughs) Like you just said, like it's literally anyone that gathers in Christ's name. That's the church we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we've been involved in uh, sort of the home church movement for for quite a while now through uh, an organ, kind of a a network really called No Place Left. Um, And I I think you're starting to see a little bit more of a movement um, right now in the United States with... uh, especially with Francis Chan. I don't know how familiar you are with him, but he started oh, yeah. uh, We Are Church. Um, and really, he's, he's kind of looking at doing the same thing. You know, he's getting church back into people's homes because, again, whenever you read in Acts, uh, and just like you mentioned in Romans in the early church, uh, church was in people's homes. And part of that was because of uh, persecution in the church and that kind of thing. But part of it was because they just, you know, they wanted to break bread together. They wanted to share things in, in common. Um and so whenever we look at, the, at at what the intent of Churchill is, again, you know, it really was uh, meant to be in people's homes. And it's a lot more um, close, you know, than, yeah. than modern churches. Right now, people aren't close. They go to church. They see people on Sunday, uh, but they don't really understand the needs in people's lives. They don't really understand the hurt in people's lives or what's going on deeply inside of a family unless you do it in somebody's home. Yeah, it's more of like an event almost Yeah, on yeah, Sunday, exactly. you know, it's almost yeah. like that. And you're right. And to define the church even further, it's 
for people that this might be news to you, I don't know. Um, but the church is like, the reason we have the buildings is because it really just fits everyone's need. You know, everyone in that area can go to a place where everyone can meet and everything. So yeah. the way we built churches now is really just co- for convenience. It's yeah. this big old building. It's got places for worship, for kids, for all this. That's really just convenience. Yeah. But I feel like we've done it for so long. We've almost changed the term of church. <laughs> yeah. And um, I know I, I listened to Francis Chan speak one time and he talked about um, the church in China. And so for a long time, you know, church in China was in homes because again, they, they were facing persecution. And so because of that, they had to do it sort of underground in homes. And, uh, eventually the Chinese government in Shanghai, they said, all right, we're going to let you have, um, you know, you're going to be able to have open churches, open Christian churches. And so, uh, a pastor there, he started a, you know, modern American looking church. Uh, and whenever he talked to Francis about it, he was saying, he's like, man, I wish we had never gone to this model, this American model of church, because it was so much better whenever people were out there. They thought that they could really share the gospel, but wow. now they just come to church on Sunday. All the responsibilities on the pastor. The pastor is the only one sharing the gospel. He's the only one taking care of the church, uh, everything like that. He's like, I wish uh, we had never gone back to this. And then sure enough, uh, the Shanghai government came in uh, and started cracking down on churches again, and, and they went underground, and uh, now they're doing great things. Wow. I've never heard that. That's crazy. So, and I like how you said this American way that we've kind of created church. Yeah. What would be the non-American way? What would be the biblical way? And how would that look even here? Like wherever we live, wherever you're listening from, like what what would that be globally? Yeah. I think uh, one mistake we really make is that pastors are the only ones that are expected to really um, be the church in their daily lives. That's true. Uh, so, you know, most of the congregation will show up, they'll get sort of a morality message on Sunday and they're like, all right, you know, rock on, I'll, I'll take that forward <laughs> into the week. Um, but there's no real responsibility. Um, and so whenever, again, you know, I'm only coming to these conclusions because it's what I read in the Bible, you know? Uh, oh, yeah. so I'm not, I don't think I'm coming into any sort of wild revelation here, but, uh, <laughs> whenever you read in the Bible, you know, uh, the great commission, Jesus says, go therefore and make disciples. He wasn't just talking to, uh, you know, pastors. He wasn't talking to rabbis. He was talking to, to everybody that's a Christian. Um, yeah. and so whenever we think about, you know, what the church is supposed to look like, what we're supposed to be doing, I think really, uh, we're supposed to be in the communities. We're supposed to be, uh, taking care of those around us, serving those around us, um, and again, that, that only happens if the ownership is on each individual person, not just the pastor whenever you show up on Sunday. Man, that's good, because I think the church, in a way, takes away the responsibility from each of us. We feel like that, at least. It's not yeah, true, because yeah. we, like you said, it should be something you live every single day. And But when we know that there's a church right down the street that we go to, it's like, well, they're, they'll do everything. They'll feed, you know, they'll yeah, feed people. Yeah. They'll uh, take care of people's kids. They'll teach people's yeah. kids. And it's like, well, you're putting a lot of pressure on a few people. And I think I heard a statistic where it said like less than 10% of the church actually serves. It's usually yeah, that, that, pastor and like a select few. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and not only that, you know, I think that right now we have this weird culture in uh, American churches where people like to say, well, that's not my gift. Uh, you know, and I, I do agree, you know, you should use the gifts that God gives you to, to serve in a certain capacity, but like, you know, your only gift probably isn't stacking chairs, 
uh, at the end of the service, you know, like you, yeah. even if you're not, even if you're not gifted, like I'm, I'm not a particularly comfortable with like going and talking to, to homeless dudes on the side of the street, but that's what Jesus tells me to do. So that's what I'm going to go do. You know, there's, so there's a very, that. there's only like seven things that Jesus really commands you to do in the new Testament uh, and sharing the gospel is one of them. And so, you know, I'm, I'm going to go do it, even if I'm uncomfortable with it, even if that's not necessarily my gift uh, you know, per se, uh, then I'm going to, I'm going to go do it. Cause it's what he tells me to do. Yeah, for sure. That, <laughs> that almost be like going to like a third world country and everyone's like, Hey, can you help me do this? Can you help me do this? And you're like, nah, uh, let me know yeah. when the music yeah. hits. I'll help yeah. you guys. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. it's like, dude, I can play the guitar real good. So I, I'm not going to build this house for you. you know? Yeah. I'll sit here on uh, Instagram until <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, what, um, but yeah, I totally agree. We've got to take the responsibility on ourselves um, to bring the church into the community. It's not just the pastors. Yeah. It's like, cause a lot of people even go to the pastor and they'll be like, there's this guy at work and he keeps asking me these questions. What do I say? And it's like, yeah, you should, you should know what to say. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I'm yeah. just a shepherd. You, you also know the Bible, right? <laughs> yeah. And I think that's another, again, I'm not trying to bash on, on church here. Um, oh yeah. I think for there sure. are a lot of churches out there who are, who are doing great things. Um, I'm just sort of talking culturally and that, you know, I look at American culture and American culture in general, we're, we're leaving Christianity. We're turning our back backs on gods and on God and, uh, yeah. You know, that's that's why we're in the predicament we're in. But part of the American part of what the American church does is, like I said, you know, whenever they whenever people show up on Sunday, they're getting sort of a, a morality message or they're getting a lesson about the Bible. Um, there's very little application, I think, right now in American yeah. church. Um, Hat on the back. People, yeah. Whenever people show up on Sunday, they're not learning how to do, um, you know, how to share the gospel, how to go out. Uh, and take care of other people in the community. Um, and I think that's another a big problem is, again, you know, whenever we look in the Bible, it talks about uh, the apostles, the disciples, they were training people um, whenever they met in church. It wasn't just those people weren't just showing up, learning about Christ and leaving. They were, uh, you know, learning something, an actual applicable skill. Um, and I think that's really something we have to bring back to churches as well. And that's part of, you know, what we're doing with Free Church is training uh, churches how to sort of make disciple makers is what we call it. Um, and it's people, you know, in your, in your congregation who are going out and making other disciples, uh, not just coming and getting the message on Sunday. Yeah, that's huge. I think it was Paul and Timothy. I think Paul refers to Timothy as kind of like his, um, his son in a way, but in a, in a Christ-like way. And um, I think of that and what you were just saying is like being willing to take on people under your wing. But of course, people got to be humble enough to even do that. That's the hard part yeah. is taking that pride shot. Like, yeah. uh, I might need to be taught by you. That's the hard part. Um, but yeah. being w- willing to do that and then you be under someone else. That's it's like a ladder. <laughs> like yeah. Yeah. someone is teaching you and pouring out into you. So you pour out in someone else and then yeah. the ladder just, keep, it's like a rinse and repeat type thing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. So do you think Christ would be disappointed with the era of church we've created and why? Yes and no. Um, okay. I think that Christ would be disappointed with some of the church we've created. Um, yeah. You know, like I said, I, I do see, I, yeah, I do see parts in the United States and uh, across the world where um, there are churches who are, I mean, loving their neighbor, they're taking care of one another. Yeah. Like, yes. Yeah. hundred um, percent. So I see it uh, and that provides me hope. I also would say that I do think we're sort of on the verge of this awakening within um American Christianity, where 
people are going to turn their backs on Christianity more, but the disciples that we see, the people that we see in the church will be more devoted um, to God. Uh, and the reason I, see, I, I think that is because people have seen for a long time sort of cultural Christianity. Uh, mm-hmm. They've seen a lot of it in the Catholic church and mega churches, um, you know, really throughout, uh, throughout America as a whole, the culture of Christianity that is not true uh, discipleship. I think people have seen that and they look at that and they're like, well, that's not, you know, that's not real. So it's, it's clearly not a legit religion. Um, and so I think you'll see a lot of people start to turn their back, but in the long term, I think uh, there'll be a return to sort of more biblical Christianity uh, as people start to go out of the communities, as they, they start to gather in their home, um, as we sort of see this, this return to a genuine belief in God. Um, so, you know, is, is Jesus disappointed? Um, probably in a lot of churches, yes, but I, I do think that there's a hope uh, that we're going to get back to, to what was the intent. Yeah, and that's good. And it's funny, the ones that, you know, he isn't disappointed in is the ones that are actually... <laughs> just filled with his presence the most, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know what I'm saying? They, they're, they're living the life they're supposed to. And that's great. Um, and I asked the question because there's a lot of churches I've been to even here locally and it's just, and again, for anyone listening, we're not bashing anyone at all. It's just kind of us speaking out loud, but sometimes I've seen worship kind of um, almost depressing. Like yeah. worship's not, it's not something we, the people almost look dull. <laughs> They're looking yeah. at a sheet of paper and just kind of, you know, singing to like, and I'm just like, what? I'm like, what is this? Like, I, I, I want to be excited. Like, I want to, I want to, I'm going to worship God and be in his presence, but it's hard to when the church, you know, is in this way. And I don't want to bring that into the community. And I don't want the community to go into this church and see that and think, man, this is, what is this? Yeah. One, uh, you know, I've been to kind of like you up into, I mean, a huge variety, especially with what we do with research. I've, I've been to a wide variety of churches. Um, and so I've been to churches in some of the wealthiest parts of the country. Uh, and mm. I'm talking, I mean, people are driving Lamborghinis to church, you know, multimillionaires are showing up to church. Uh, and we're talking about, you know, multi thousand person congregations. I've been to those. Uh, and I've seen people who are showing up and like you said, the worship is, uh, you know, people aren't actually worshiping God. They're just sort of singing along with a, a melody that's going on in the background. Yeah. And then I, uh, you know, when I was living in North Carolina, I uh, went to a church that was in like a broken down building in the middle of a trailer park. Uh, and I mean, you know, pretty impoverished area. And I'll tell you, people were on fire during worship. <laughs> like people were genuinely worshiping God. Like they, they had a a true appreciation for God giving them life that day. Um, you know, and it, and again, it just sort of goes back to this. What's our idea of church? Is it just, you show up on Sunday or is it like a central part of, of who you are, who your identity is, is built through, you know? Um, and so, yeah, I mean, worship is, worship can be a pretty good indicator of, you know, what a church really believes. Yeah. And isn't it crazy how it's flipped? Like you said, you've been to like these crazy big churches and sometimes it's the opposite. Sometimes they put on a show and it's, it's still not genuine. They might seem excited, but there's a bunch of fog machines and lights and you're you're being blinded. Um, But sometimes it's like that, but it's cool that sometimes it is the opposite. Like you said, in a trailer park and worshiping. And um, again, I know I talked about the third world countries, like you know, you see people worship there like crazy. And you know what? A lot of those people, 
<laughs> you ever seen videos? Uh, Cause I haven't been there and I want to go there, but yeah. it seems like a lot of the kids and people like they smile way more than we do. Yeah. Like, yeah. because they, they have that community, right? They have best friends. They have father figures, they have mother figures, they have community. And it's just, I wish that would come here. I wish yeah. we would see that in our community more. And we've kind of just locked ourselves in our churches. And that's been a huge disappointment to me. And it's, I've been to some churches where they won't have, you know, many outreaches, but they'll have a lot of like church work days to, you know, like yeah. mop the floors and stuff. And that's just, that's not me talking bad. That's just like a, a, a breaking my heart. And I really want, I'm like, well, I can do something like, you know, yeah. I've actually started um, something called worship and waffles. And I've been, uh, there's actually an event venue attached to where I'm sitting. And yeah. um, we go out there and we invite the community and it's literally, we feed them a bunch of waffles and uh, like hot chocolate and whatever. And then we have a night of worship and it's awesome. Yeah. I've met so many people from the community that said they weren't Christians. Um, yeah. so they were recovering Christians or they went through a really hard time and you know this helped them, et cetera, et cetera. But these same people aren't willing to walk into some unknown church with some unknown people, not knowing anyone, standing there by themselves, awkward. So we almost need to bring it out, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that was going to be my question is, do you see a lot of people who uh, aren't people, you know, members of the congregation come into activities like that? Yeah. And what's yeah. crazy is um, the first night, I feel like God really, he didn't have to do this, but um, I had a friend um, come the very first, I, I didn't know him at the time, um, a stranger, I guess at the time, but I had this guy come and he spoke to me after and he seemed pretty broken. And he was like, can I talk to you? And I was like, yeah, I mean, this is literally why I do this. Um, and I talked to him one-on-one -on -one in private and he later revealed to me that he was actually going to go, you know, get drugs that night. Yep. And he instead saw my event on Facebook and he is a, you know, professing Christian. And he was yeah. like, you know what, I think I'm going to go to this instead. And then he told me about, you know, his past and he's had a really dark, dark past and, um, tried to commit suicide, a, couple, a lot of things. And I sat in my car that night for like 20 minutes and was just crying. I was like, I didn't, I don't deserve to do this. You know, you ever feel not yeah. worthy. Yeah. I'm oh, yeah. like, God, you trust me with this? Like you yeah. trust me with these type of people? Like I don't feel worthy to do that, yeah. but you call me to anyways. So just being willing to be that vessel to be yeah. used in the community, God will use you. Yeah. And that's what. I think one thing I found is, uh, you know, like I said before, I don't necessarily naturally have a desire or like a gift to go out and just talk to people about Jesus. <laughs> um, but I have found that, you know, if I go out, God will be there too. You know, it's, it's not me by myself. Like God is definitely looking out. You know, uh, God is going to go out there with you. Christ will be, you know, the Holy Spirit uh, will be filled in you every time you go out. And so uh, I, I will say I faced a lot of rejection. I've knocked on a lot of doors and offered to pray for a lot of people. And people have said, you know, no, thanks. Get out of here. Uh, but there's also been, you know, awesome times where uh, people have, uh, you know, um, committed to Christ on the spot, wanted to get baptized on the spot. Um, wow. And so, yeah, Jesus is, he's good and he's with us. Yeah. And I feel like that's worth it. You've, I've heard the saying that like, you know, the a hundred no's is worth the one. Yes. And yeah. as good as that looks on a postcard, <laughs> that's Brutal not easy. 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Because you can get a hundred compliments and you could get one insult about, you know, your face or the way you look. Yeah. And then the next week you're like, do I really look? <laughs> it's like, well, what about the hundred that just complimented you? And it's like, well, I, but what he said really hurt. Yeah. 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 Um, and I was, I was actually having this conversation with a, a friend of mine, um, just a couple of weeks ago and he was talking about the first time he ever shared the gospel, you know, and he was talking about, um, you know, he was, he was anxious about it. You know, it was, it was kind of new to the faith, uh, mm-hmm. and he shared with somebody and they converted on, you know, they, uh, accepted Christ on the spot. And I was like, dude, that's awesome. I was like the first guy I ever shared the gospel with, uh, it was like right after I really became a Christian. Um, and he was living in a drug house and I would go on Sundays and take him to church with me. And I was wow. like, that dude just OD'd on heroin like a year ago. Uh, and so, you know, there's, there's days like that where you're like, you know, I share the gospel with, with a lot of people. And then, uh, you know, you see like the reality yeah. of life and they don't accept Christ and they go down another path. Uh, but mm-hmm. then, you know, there's also, uh, um, I was leading a small Bible study and I had a guy from, uh, Kazakhstan come and, uh, he, you know, was kind of just interested in Christ uh, or Jesus and sort of Christianity. He, had, he grew up Muslim. His dad was like a provincial governor uh, in Kazakhstan. He had, his dad had four wives, 20 kids total. Um, and uh, that dude ended up accepting Christ through our Bible study, went back home uh, and was like terrified. His family was just going to like either kill him or uh, at the very least like disown him. Um, but his portion of the family, like his mom and his siblings, uh, ended up celebrating Christmas with him that year. And so, uh, you sort of see, you know, seeds overseas, uh, from, from just a Bible study. So I don't know, you know, whenever it comes to sharing the gospel and being the church out in the community, uh, you're definitely going to see some rough patches. You're going to see, you know, people reject it. Uh, but you're also going to see these little glimmers of hope where, uh, you know, people, people get on fire for Christ and they, they get out and share the gospel too. Yeah, and it's totally worth it, especially when you make that one connection. You could make a lifelong friend <laughs> from yeah. just saying something to someone. It's like, yeah, I got 50 no's, but like, I got a new best friend now. <laughs> like, that's that that makes it all worth it. So, um, so I wanted to ask this. If we are the body of Christ, like 1 Corinthians, I'll just go ahead and read it. 1 Corinthians 12, 12 says, the human body has many parts, but many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. So we all have our part to play in this big body of Christ. So if we are the body, where did the body of Christ go when he was alive? Mm. Wow. Um, I mean, Jesus went to everybody. There's uh, really a few groups of of people that I like to talk about um, Mm -hmm. whenever we're looking at Jesus. Uh, First is sort of the disciples, right? He had like a close group of friends that he leaned on, that he taught very in depth to. Um, he also talked, uh, spoke truth to power, I think. Uh, and so he spoke to religious and political leaders uh, about what the truth was. And then he also went amongst the people who had need. Um, and so those are really the three key populations I think that we try to speak to as well. Uh, mm-hmm, we sort of have good. a close group of friends. Uh, we try to speak truth to power in, in local governments. And then uh, we try to get out and get into the need because, you know, just like you said, where did Jesus go? Uh, he, he went to people who had tremendous need. I mean, way more than, than we face uh, on most of our days here. Um, you know, yeah. people with leprosy and, and true, you know, disabled, uh, disabled people. And so, 
just like that, if we're trying to be like Jesus, I think we have to go out into those same populations. Um, and so, you know, if, again, if you're, if you're coming to church on Sunday and you see everybody dressed in their Sunday best, uh, you don't see a lot of need, but, uh, if you're in your local community, if you're talking to people, uh, if you're really getting plugged into the need in your community, then you know where to go from there. Uh, yeah. It's pretty hard to understand how to help need if you don't even know what the need is. Yeah. Uh, so just like Jesus, we got to kind of get out into it. And to make the priority to find out what the need is, because a lot of people yeah. will be like, I know there's a need, but yeah. I don't care enough. To... <laughs> and that's that's just flesh. I'm not poking fun at anyone. That's literally flesh like, well, that would take a lot of work because then if I find out, I have to Google it and then I have to go to the place and I have to buy stuff and then I have to take yep. the stuff. And then, yeah, there's a lot that goes into that. But I really like what you said about he was he was in the community a lot. And um, we're going to start talking about the uh, first church here in a minute. But I think people back then, they didn't spend a lot of time in the temple other than teaching and preaching and kind of, you know, it was kind of the place kind of where they got together and taught the word and even spoke the word. I I like how back then they were like, does anyone have a word? And then someone would just stand up and start speaking, which is weird today. It's like, we don't want that today. Um, But they did that. And then, um, so, and then that's actually how Paul used his way to start spreading the gospels because they'd be preaching one thing and he'd be like, yes, I have something to say. And it's like, God loves the Gentiles too. And everyone's like, what is this guy talking about? Um, but anyways, I so I mean, if you, want to, if you want to get an idea of what Jesus really thought of, of church at the time, uh, yeah. and I think this is a pretty good, uh, really correlation to what the United States church looks like is, uh, you know, he went into a one synagogue and they were like selling a bunch of stuff. Uh, you know, they kind of had turned the church itself into just this like mass consumerism where people could come in and it was like a market. Yeah. Uh, and it's like the only time we really see him get angry is he starts like flipping tables over and uh, you know, he starts like whipping stuff. I think that is probably a good indicator of how we should look at the American church today. Whenever we think about the consumerism uh, that has sort of come out because of American church. Uh, I don't think Jesus would be super stoked uh, about, you know, million multimillionaire pastors uh, inside of the American church because uh, you know, the one time we see it in the Bible, he wasn't very happy. Yeah, he wasn't. And what you just said made me think. You talked about how we have a con, uh, consumer church nowadays. And yeah. the church back then was the opposite. They were not yeah. a consumer church. They were a giving church. Everything that yeah. they did. Um, and as we read in Acts, and you said this earlier, is like people were legit just selling their stuff yeah. to everybody else to provide for yeah. everyone else. Yeah. And today we see church as even, even local, not even like, we're not talking about million dollar churches here. Even local churches are more of like a pat you on the back. Like here's some good stuff. And it's like, yeah. did you, it's more of like, did you know this? And it's like, Oh, I didn't know that. That's awesome. That's great. Yeah. But yeah. it's not, you, sh- you're not the consumer, right? You're, you're the giver. And when yeah. we were just talking about them gathering at these temples, that's why they gathered was to talk about the things that God is doing and giving glory to God. It wasn't yeah. about them. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, like I said before, you know, I think, uh, pastors really need to be, pastors exist to equip churches, uh, to equip congregations so that they can go out and do God's work. They don't exist so that people can come and listen to a speaker on Sunday. Um, and again, yeah, I mean, you're spot on with, with talking about the, the early church. It used to be that people would gather in sometimes in a synagogue, uh, sometimes in people's homes, homes. they'd share a meal, they'd pray together, they'd glorify God, uh, and then they would identify need and, 
you know, take care of that need. And uh, I, I think, again, in Acts 2, you know, I think Acts, Acts really gives us a, a good idea of what the church is supposed to look like. Uh, yeah. And yeah, I mean, people were literally selling their possessions to take care of the needs of other people inside the church. And I don't know about you. I've been to a lot of churches. I, I don't see people actively selling stuff off to take care of the homeless guy on the street right now. Yeah, um, yeah. But that's what we're we like be the up. richest. That's, we're one of the richest yeah. in the world. Oh yeah, hundred um, percent. But that's the expectation, right? Is that we should love our neighbors so much that we're like, dude, if you need food right now, if you need clothing, I will literally sell my stuff to make sure you get it. Right. Right. Um, in Acts two forty six, it says, "Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes, and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts." Yeah. And it makes me think, man, what kind of life? To me, it sounds like a great life. It sounds like you are literally living together in a community of people that all believe, like like Acts also says, is everyone had the same mind, everyone had the same goals. And imagine what they did after that in their free time. They probably did these things we're talking about. In their free time, they served God and they provided for need and things like that. And I don't think our I think our free time nowadays is so consumed with um technology and just so much we have so many ways to please our flesh nowadays it's it's so it's almost impossible it's not but it's almost impossible to go out there and start doing the things that matter as if we lived in like a third world country isn't it crazy we would we would naturally give a lot more and be more selfless because there was there's nothing else we don't have video games and restaurants and all this movie theaters and all this, but it's harder for us. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. One thing I always, I always tell people is I think most people, especially in America, uh, spend a lot of their lives trying to just, um, sort of nullify boredom, right? Like, yeah. What do you feel? What, what do most people fill their time with? Like it's things that, uh, provide you some sort of instant satisfaction. Uh, it's things that just provide you this like instant nullification of boredom where you're like well i'm bored so i'll go out with my friends i'm bored so i'll go watch a movie i'm bored so you know so i'll go do this um versus deliberately taking the time to say all right what does jesus command me to do well he tells me that pretty much everywhere i go i should be sharing the gospel i should be serving needs and so wherever he sends me uh you know i'm going to deliberately try to spend my time doing those things rather than just nullifying boredom um and i think you, you know you're really I don't know. I th- I think there's a big cultural problem in America right now where even in the American church, uh, we really are just trying to, to nullify boredom. We're not seeking and deliberately trying to further the kingdom of God. Uh, and I think yeah. that's a problem. I like how you said null the boredom. Do you know, do you know the word muse means yeah, to yeah. think? I heard it yeah. said once that A, when you put A in front of a word, it's the opposite. So muse yeah. means to think. So a muse <laughs> means yeah. to not think. Yeah, so nowadays we're so concerned with amusing ourselves <laughs> with literally yeah. everything, like you said, to nullify. And that's the that's the tool of the devil is literally, if I can just amuse this person at all times yeah. and fill yeah. his time, then I win because that person basically becomes useless for the kingdom or, or, yeah. or gossip, spreading the gospel because he's just sitting on his butt all day. <laughs> and yeah, um, yeah, go ahead. I think there's two things, uh, you know, it, Satan's two greatest accomplishments are two things. First, um, that he could normalize sin at a societal level. So 
Uh, if you look at something like the pride movement, for example, has become very normal uh, inside of, of American society, right? Normalizing mm -hmm. sin is one great accomplishment. Uh, but his second one is uh, taking something that was meant to glorify God and using it to glorify literally anything else. Wow, uh, and so an example I use in one of my recent podcast episodes is Christmas. If you look at the American celebration of Christmas, that was something that was originally intended to glorify God, glorify Christ. Uh, but if we look at it in the American setting, we really glorify mass consumerism. We glorify, uh, you know, building up material wealth. Uh, we glorify so many things outside of what it was meant to glorify. Um, mm -hmm. And really, I mean, you know, Satan can use anything uh, to glorify anything other than God. Um, so whenever you talk about, you know, nullifying boredom, I mean, yeah, e even the church, you know, if the church starts to glorify anything other than God, uh, then that's a victory for Satan. Um, yep. Yep. That's crazy. Um, have you heard of Sean Fute? I've not. No. Okay. Uh, he has something called Let Us Worship, and he's been doing something that he's like my role model right now. He's awesome. Um, but he's been doing something right now. And ever since this coronavirus started, um, I don't know if he started right at the beginning or maybe halfway through or something, but basically he's been going to these places because, you know, we had all these riots, we had the race problems and all this, and people were at each other's throats, places were burning to the ground. And this guy, this crazy guy, he was going to the places where this was happening with him, his band, and a speaker system yeah. and would get permission to just be in this park, this massive park in the middle of all these cities. And he would just start playing and awesome. people would be flocking. I mean, you have drone footage of thousands of people like just coming, wow. just coming. Yeah. And of course he's telling, you know, you gotta do it safely. Of course we know COVID exists everyone, but he's doing it in a way where when depression's at all time high, People flock, man, to God. Yeah. When people are in the valley, they start questioning and saying, what am I doing here? And then all of a sudden, this guy comes and he's, he's worshiping and there's a conference and they're talking about God and how great he is and how, why is this guy so happy and excited? It's yeah. like, because God exists. Like, that's why. And he's been on tour for the past like half a year, just going from place to place to place. And he's bringing all these people together. And he has this hashtag that I love. And it's called hashtag the church has left the building. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen it. Yeah. He's How right. perfect is that? And that's what we're talking yeah. about. Like we yeah. need, the church needs to leave the building. Don't, yeah. don't get me wrong. We have the building for, you know, building each other, you know, getting some food together, gathering, teaching, all that stuff. But the church, the people, as Paul was talking about, we need to leave the building. Yeah. The community so, needs us. Yeah. And we need them. Yeah, I mean, I think he, he's, He's spot on too, you know, and, and like you're talking about during times of crisis, who do people turn to? Uh, right now, I think people are turning to the government. Uh, but quite yeah. frankly, I only, I only think that people are turning to the government because church has not fulfilled its responsibility to the point that we ought to. Amen. Um, yeah. You know, I think that during times of crisis, people should be turning to the church because the church is so well known for its love for other people. Uh, it's so well known for how much it does in the community that people should say, I have no food this week. I'm going to go to my local church. Um, right. Right. Yeah. And, and we're just not there right now. That's perfect. I mean, if you look like we're talking about the first church, when people were in need, they didn't always go <laughs> at the time. They had really bad rulers anyways, but they didn't usually go to the government. You know, they had the temple and the synagogue and that's where 
um, people relied on having. It, it says they even um, in Acts, I'm not sure which chapter it is, but it said the blind and the crippled, they even sat outside of the temple gates because that's yeah. where they knew all the all the Christians were. That's where they were going and they hoped to be healed and to be talked to and um, all those things. So it's really important for us to go to where the need is yeah, and not rely on the need to come to us. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And uh, like I said, I mean, I think the church should be so well known uh, for going out and telling people that it should sort of be, it, it should, it should just be a first instinct that if people have need, they go to the church, they don't go to the government. Um, and, you know, I, I won't get into sort of the, the state of uh, our government right now with the debt and everything like that. But oh, yeah. uh, quite frankly, we just don't have the money uh, inside of government to start, you know, giving people checks on a regular basis to just, you know, we, we, we just don't, we're already in debt. Um, yeah. And so if you look at traditionally where people have been able to find help and lean on something and in, in the past, it was in the church, uh, but now we're sort of replacing God with government in American society. And that's, that's a really negative turn <laughs> for yeah. people to take. Um, and just real quick, I'll give you one example. So uh, single motherhood uh, inside of minority communities in like the 70s and 80s was like somewhere in the like 16 to 20 percent. Um, my belief is that if churches had stepped up and taken the role of taking care of single mothers at the time, uh, whenever it was initially a problem, uh, it probably would have remained around that level. Uh, but instead, uh, churches did not do their part. They didn't step up. They were not taking care of these single mothers and minority communities and providing for them. And so the government decided, well, somebody needs to step in and help these people. Um, and so what they ended up doing was actually incentivizing single motherhood inside of minority communities. And now the rate inside of uh, for single motherhood inside of these communities is like 70 to 80 uh, percent. Why? Because well, government is inherently bad at things. Uh, and so whenever they created a program, they actually incentivized uh, people to have single parent households. Um, so if the church was known for taking care of single mothers at the time and they had provided for these single mothers they had given them you know diapers they had given them food they had given them clothes whatever they needed at the time we sort of would have been able to nullify uh you know the the increase of single motherhood in these communities uh but instead we fell short and we allowed yeah. the government to step in and, and sort of take over for us that's really good and you made me think of another question i want to ask before we uh head out is do you think the do you think the first church would have been a really good example of what we're in a fallen world, so it's not possible, but what almost a perfect society looks like? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, and I'm really careful sometimes because I think that in the early church, it looks like what the intent, and again, I say intent of communism uh, is supposed to look like where people sort of live um, in common. They all have a shared belief and ideas. Um, they all, you know, provide for one another, they serve one another. Um, the problem with actual communism, socialism, things like that, and, and application is that you're never going to get that because it's not rooted in Christ. It's not rooted in God. Um, the difference between the early church and communism is, again, that central focus that God is the authority. He he determines morality, not the government. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So again, that's why I'm, I'm very careful about saying <laughs> similar and uh, intent. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, I think that is a, a perfect world where, you know, you sort of have these people who are all worshiping God. They're all sort of living together. They're providing yeah. for one another's needs. Um, but unfortunately, yeah, we live in a, we live in a very sinful and broken world. Yeah. Uh, and so 
Yeah, like you said, no one would ever go hungry. People would always have places to stay. Um, There would be no, probably even college because everyone would literally just teach each other their own skill and then they teach them their skill and it'd be it'd be utopia but sin is real and selfishness is real and uh we saw that with um ananias and sapphira when you know they sold their property and just kept you know half the money and they died (laughs) right there on the spot because they were like yeah you can't do this this is this is why we can't have a utopia is because of people like you like sinful so If anything, what I'm saying is the church should be definitely more uh, giving than anything um, and not to hold back, especially in 2021. We need that right now. We need the church to just open their doors. Hashtag leave the building. That's right. That's right. (laughs) So is there anything you want to say before we head out? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, if you guys are looking to get plugged into uh, what we're doing over at Rechurch or Millennial God, uh, you can find Millennial God pretty much uh, our podcast anywhere, Apple, Spotify, uh, pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts. And then um, if you're looking to get plugged into local churches, if you're looking to uh, build a movement where church is held responsible for the local community and they're taking care of the local community. You can find us at rechurchtogether.org. Uh, yeah. Thanks for having me on, man. Yeah, that's great. Of course. And guys really check that out because in 2021 moving forward, we really need to make a distinction between the church being in a building and in the community. And um, yeah, any way you can get involved in that or just in your community, please step out. Please make the decision that you want to be the change in the community and you want to see people talking again, people making relationships again. That's we want to see that blossom and uh, we need it now more than ever. So thank you guys for listening to New Plan Life. Um, Our new plan for today is kind of just what I said. (laughs) Step out into your community and ready. Encourage your church or maybe have a conversation with someone in your church about community outreach. And how if you or a group of people can help in any way to start something, to do that, you need to take that step because that's what God wants you to do. Jesus lived in these places. So thank you guys for listening and uh, God bless. Peace.